you're listening to Adulthood Academy. I'm your host, Angela Hatchie. This community is a resource for all those adulthood things many of us were never formally taught. That's all the stuff from learning to handle your finances to navigating different relationships. It's all in here. I've spent years working to figure out adulthood, feeling like I was shooed out into the world wholly underprepared. Since then, I've gotten myself out of debt and prepared myself financially for my future, learned to cook and bake pretty good stuff, and learned to start saying important things out loud in all kinds of relationships. There is far more ahead to learn than there is behind, and that's what I'm here for, to foster this community of perpetual go-getters who are working to fulfill their potential in every facet of life. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get in there. Hey, hey, you guys. Welcome to another episode of Adulthood Academy. It's great to have you here. Can you believe that it's already May? I planted my garden. I think we talked about a couple episodes ago, and I just got my first strawberry the other day um, last weekend, and it was delicious, although I did see like um, a, one of those bugs that has a bunch of legs. Like I don't think it was a like a millipede or a centipede. It looked different than that, but I definitely saw those crawling across my strawberries a couple of days ago. So I really washed it good because those creeped me out, but it was great. It was nice and sweet and I'm really looking forward to it. I got to put, I think some chicken wire over the top of it because I have a feeling the birds and the squirrels are going to come get them because they just look so good and I bet they love them. And um, growing some broccoli and some lettuce. I've been having lettuce from my garden every night. Amazing. Love that. And uh I can't wait for the day when I can have like a fully fledged garden and try to grow like as much of our food as I can. That just sounds super fun. So that's been really fun. And I hope you found um, like some little bits of happiness in the spring. I know a lot of people are dealing with allergies. My boyfriend, Kevin, has been having allergies so badly. I feel horrible for him. And I just want to open like all the doors and all the windows because it's so nice out. And I have to like keep them closed because he just can't deal with it. Um, And it's you know, my favorite time of year is spring because everything's blooming and it's just like that nice, cool temperature that I love. But I know a lot of people have allergies and are having a rough time. So I hope for your sake, you are not one of those people and you've been able to find some some good stuff for yourself this spring. Uh, today, as you saw from the title, we're talking about emergency funds, which is like one of the most important things that you can have for yourself. And we're going to talk all about that all of the clients that I've worked with, I've worked with them to really prioritize emergency funds. And also you would be surprised how many people don't have an emergency fund. And actually I think it's almost, I think it's like 39% or yeah, 39%, almost 40% of people like adult people in America couldn't afford a $1,000 surprise expense, which is really in terms of like an emergency happening is really not that much money. So we will talk about that as well. If you do not have an emergency fund, it's got to be like priority number one, because it's going to serve as a safety net throughout your entire life. And it will give you peace of mind when hard times hit, which will happen, guarantee you at least once in your lifetime. So join me for today's episode. We're going to break down what you need one for best practices for how to use it when the time comes, because it will come, and give you some ideas to get started as soon as possible and get it done quickly. Before we get into that, let's talk about planners. You guys have heard these about planners before. They've been amazing. I use them 
my budget planner on a weekly basis. I use it every single Friday for my weekly money check-in. I use it to keep track of my budget on a monthly basis, on a quarterly basis, and over the course of the year. So there's room in there for everything, for setting your long-term goals, for figuring out how much your long-term savings goals are going to cost when you would like to have them done by. And then all of the yearly worksheets as well, like that will help you keep track of those. They're called sinking funds. So you can keep track like month over month, the progress you're making on those things. And then of course, like your monthly budget, your expense tracker, your subscription tracker, all that good stuff is in there too. Like every tool you need to really succeed with your budget is there. And then my favorite part is the meal planner. So you can plan out your meals for the um, every week. And then there's also a grocery budget as well. So you can break down those meals into your grocery items and budget out for your groceries because that's where everyone spends more money than they want to. And it's a great way to like dip your toe into trimming expenses. If you need to do that, um, that's a great way to do it. So check those out. You can get them on my website, angelahatchie.com slash budget planners, or the link will be in the show notes for this episode as well. So let's talk about why having a fully funded emergency fund is like going to be the most amazing thing in your life. And, you know, I hear that from clients also is the kind of confidence and the peace of mind that comes when you have sitting in a bank account, like 20 grand, that it really opens up your world to a lot of possibilities. And not just that, um, which I will get into because I don't want to say like possibilities because it's an emergency fund, but we'll get into like what those possibilities can be. And also just peace of mind because you know, if something happens, you're not shit out of luck. So it's the huge safety net in between you and all of the things that have the potential to ruin your life. And I'm not joking about that. Like the first time I heard that I was supposed to have one was my last year in college. I was 21 years old or 22. I can't quite remember. Yes, it took me a little longer to finish college. That's the story for another day. And even then I thought like, do I really need that much money just kind of like sitting there? Because I think when we're young, most of us have a tendency to think we're invincible. Usually we're earning our own money for the first time. We're kind of pushing the limits of spending it. And we're pretty used to having you know, super low balances in our account and not really having a focus on longer term goals. So my goal with every person that I work with, with everyone who listens to this podcast and everyone that interacts with me on social media is to prioritize saving for an emergency fund and know that in doing so, you're taking care of yourself and your family as well. I realize that none of this is formally taught in schools. I just said, I didn't even know that I had to have one or should have one until my last year of college and I graduated college late. So I was 21 <laughs> or 22, I can't remember. Um, but we're left to kind of figure it out on our own later in life or to realize you have to have one after the emergency already happens. And you're like, dang, I wish I had an emergency fund. And that really is like a shame. But now that we have awareness about it now and we have the power to do something about it, let's get it done. And that's what this whole episode is about. First, let's talk about what an emergency fund even is. I said, it's a safety net. So it's the financial safety net for when shit hits the fan, basically. And in my kind of like naivety as a younger person, I thought, you know, somehow I would be the first person in history to avoid hard times. And I wasn't, and you will not be either. So let's say you get sick or you endure an injury that causes you not to be able to work for like two months. Okay close your eyes, not if you're driving, but close your eyes. If you're at home listening or just picture it in your mind, could you pay the rent? You can't work for two months. If you're sick or you're injured, you obviously are not like super mobile. So it would be hard to do things around the house and get things done. So would you be able to pay rent? 
Would you be able to afford groceries for you and your family? Could you keep the lights on and the heat on? Or would you have to put yourself deeply in debt to stay above water and get all those things done? Make sure the rent or the mortgage is paid, put food on the table, keep the lights and the heat on. Okay, are you imagining it? <laughs> okay, great. Now let me give you a stat that's going to, I imagine, blow your mind. Only 18% of Americans could live on savings for six months. And even worse than that, 41% of Americans have zero, zero dollars in savings. Let's just let that sink in. 18% of Americans have enough money to last for six months. 41% have no money in savings, none. So we just went through a global crisis where a lot of people were confronted with this in a life altering way. And not that I like to point out the positive in bad times, but I think there can always be a lesson learned. And I think that's one of the lessons that has been learned in this time is it was a huge wake up call for people that if you didn't have any money in savings, you were probably shit out of luck, which is horrible. Like I can absolutely feel for that. And this is why I want as many people, whoever's listening to this and whoever I interact with on social media or um, my clients to know the importance of an emergency fund. And I think, you know, this global pandemic helped bring that to the forefront for a lot of people. So if you were out of a job, if you had to quarantine, if you were looking for a different job, if you had to take care of family members, if you were waiting on unemployment benefits that took, you know, freaking forever to actually come through or never came through, even worse, you know the importance of having an emergency fund. A lot of people didn't have two weeks of money saved up that they could lean on if they had to quarantine or they got sick or something like that. So you have to have this safety net in place. It's really non-negotiable. You can't rely on external forces to help you. You have to put these things in place yourself because you can depend on you to come through in a crisis. Next, let's talk about how much do you actually need? So I just talked about 18% of people have could live for six months on their savings. An emergency fund, conventional financial wisdom is three to six months of expenses. You can get away with three months in certain circumstances. Like if you're married, uh, you and your partner have really, really stable jobs. You don't really have a lot of debt or you have no debt. You could get away with three months. Six months is a guideline for if you have one person working or both people working, but it's not quite as stable of employment. In my personal opinion, I think six months should be standard for everyone. Because if you have a stable job, you should be even more capable of saving that amount up, right? So some experts over these past two years are bumping up that, that conventional wisdom of three to six months to just six months, eight months, 12 months of an emergency fund. Because we've seen this um, global crisis obviously extend. It's a year now. We're out further than a year. Six months, I think, should be a standard and kind of like what you're aiming for, in my personal opinion. Now, the expenses that you need to save for are anything and everything that you rely on to keep your life going. There are basically four areas that are non-negotiable that should, of course, like top priority be factored into your emergency fund. That's your housing, utilities, so you can keep the heat on, um, food and transportation, so you can get to work and back. Those basics need to be factored into how much you'll need per month. Obviously, we have all those variable expenses in our lives also. Gym memberships, Netflix, other subscriptions. We have fun money. We have going out to coffee money. Obviously, in a true emergency, you'll probably be cutting down on those expenses anyway, right? Because if it's like 
some life altering emergency, you're probably not like, let me hang on to that super expensive gym membership, or I super need stitch fix and all that stuff. They'll probably be trimmed down anyway. The way that I recommend for people to put an actual dollar amount on how much they need to save, because I think that that is super important. If you're just kind of like generally saving for something, it's hard to stay motivated. If you have an actual, actual dollar amount on your emergency fund, if you're like, I need to save $10,000, that's great because we need a number on that to actually set a goal for, right? So the way that I recommend you put that dollar amount on is to track your expenses for a month, including all of those extra, extra things, your subscriptions, Netflix, Stitch Fix, gym membership, and use that as your guide for how much to save for a single month of expenses. And then we're going to multiply by three for three months of expenses and multiply by six for six months of expenses. Easy enough. By including all of those extra expenses, you will be able to cover everything you normally would. And if it's an extreme circumstance, you'll be able to stretch your emergency fund even longer if you're trimming out those extra expenses throughout your emergency situation. So let me give you an example. Let's say you go skiing, horrible scenario. You go skiing and you end up breaking your back you can't work for three months. So while you are rehabilitating and you're undergoing surgery and all of the horrible things that go hand in hand with a horrible life altering thing, you still have to pay your mortgage. You still need to buy food for your family and you need to keep the lights on and the heat on. So you're already out of work for three months, just doing those things. But as you return to work, you can initially only start out as part-time because the pain in your back is so bad, it's hard for you to sit at a desk or stand up for too long. So you can only start out as part-time for the next three months. So that's six months total, three months of rehab, three months of part-time work until you can get back to full-time. Either in order to get yourself and your family through this time, your partner is not forced to add more stress to the situation by working crazy over time and helping with all the things you need help with. Your older kids don't feel the pressure to go out and get a second job to make ends meet. Make sure the family doesn't default default on mortgages for six months straight because you've taken the time to put in the work as a family and as individuals to save for that robust six-month emergency fund. You can cancel all your unnecessary expenses and lean on a tight budget to ensure that you're spreading the money out over the six months efficiently. So which of those scenarios sounds more stressful? You saving in advance for an emergency fund that you can lean on in a scenario like we just talked about or not having anything to lean on and having your partner have to pick up extra work, having your kids contribute to the mortgage, having to rely on maybe like skim disability insurance or something like that, that's not really enough to cover your expenses. Now, I understand that it can be a lot of work and it really is to focus and stay motivated to save such a large chunk of money. But if you can think about it in the context of your life, like really, I don't wanna say internalize it, but think about it in your own personal life. If something like that happened to you, Currently, what would you do? Because it's not far-fetched. It happens to people all the time. You get sick, you lose a job unexpectedly. A lot of things can come up that you're just like, I did not foresee this coming and I don't have a safety net. We're going to talk more about that um, in a little bit about like how to get your emergency fund done. But I want to talk about um, really quickly where to keep an emergency fund, because that's kind of like the logistical behind the scenes stuff that maybe not everybody thinks about because you're like, whoa, I just need to save like a bunch of money. Let's get that done. So let's talk about where to actually keep it. So you can keep it either hundred percent liquid, meaning like you have access to it immediately, like cash or a checking account. So hundred percent liquid, that'd be like a regular checking account that has a debit card attached to it. Or you could split it 50, 50 between 
a checking account and a high yield savings account. So I do a version of that. I have one month of expenses in a separate checking account, which has its own debit card. So I have immediate access to a month of expenses in the event of an emergency, right? I have the other portion of it in a high yield savings account where I earn 50 to $70 a month on it. Transferring from that high yield savings account takes about three days. So in the event of an emergency, I have that one month of funds that has its own debit card. I have access to that immediately. So I can use that to basically float myself while I transfer the rest from my high yield savings account to that debit card. So I have my full emergency amount there. So I have some high yield savings account recommendations. Again, these are just recommendations. Check them out, do your own research. I always advocate for people to do their own research and find what works best for them. All of the accounts that I use and that I recommend have no fees. I don't really agree with banks charging you to keep your money. I don't agree with that. So none, nothing that I recommend has fees. So the one that I have is Capital One um, 360 Performance High Yield Savings Account. And the other recommendation I have is Ally Bank. So I'm going to put those links in the podcast description in the show notes for this episode as well. High Yield Savings Account used to be more than it is now uh, because they've cut the rates on it quite a bit. My High Yield Savings Account used to be like one point. 2% interest on it. Now I think it's like 0.4. So it's gone down quite a bit. And I'm hoping as the economy kind of bounces back here in the next few months that it will rise again. So if you're checking out high yield savings accounts for the first time and you're like 0.4% doesn't seem like a lot, um, just know that hopefully it will come up in the future and it's not typically at 0.4%, but it will still be better than a regular savings account where you earn like what, three cents every month on your money. Even with 0.4%, I still earn, you know, 30 bucks a month on my money, which is fine for now, but hopefully it goes up in the future. Next, we're going to talk about how to get your emergency fund done quickly. And before we get into that, I wanted to talk to you guys about my new money membership coming up that I'm super excited about. I've been working on it like crazy. I've been finding excellent, amazing guests to bring in and getting it all organized. I'm going to have core content inside, which will basically be like pre-recorded content that will walk you through like how to organize your finances, setting up a budget for the first time, putting together a method, putting together a spending plan, all that stuff that's kind of like foundational knowledge will be pre-recorded in there for you to watch and go through at your leisure. But it will also have the accountability and the motivation factor that I think is kind of lacking in a lot of people's money management process. So we're going to have calls every month to set up budgets together, answer all your questions. There'll be a Q&A session every month to answer any questions. Like a lot of people's financial situation changes on a monthly basis because you've got like events coming up that you need to start saving for. You had to take on extra debt or something always comes up. So it's a great resource to be able to ask questions on the fly as your situation changes. And it's just going to be amazing, like access to all those guest experts, money challenges to keep things interesting and fun and motivating. And I'm really, really excited about bringing it to you. So I'm recording the content right now, getting it all placed together and I'll be bringing it to you guys in the next month or so. And I'm super, super excited about it. So keep a lookout for that. And um, we will talk more about it as it comes closer to being release. Now let's talk about how to logistically get your emergency fund completed quickly. Here's a general, general order of operations about where saving for that emergency fund fits into your broader financial plan. First, I always recommend save a month of expenses for your emergency fund. So I talked about how I have a month of expenses separate on its own debit card in its own account. I don't have access to it 
like on a daily basis for my daily expenses, it's in its own world over there. So I don't have access to it for regular stuff. So get that done first. Second, pay off your debt or at the very least your high interest debt. And third is where your big, big emergency fund comes in. That's your three to six months we just talked about of emergency fund savings. So that's your general order of operations to get started on your emergency fund. And I'll give you kind of a insight into thinking behind that. So the conventional wisdom is like save a month of expenses so that as you're paying off your debt, if something comes up, you don't have to go further into debt as you're paying it off because it can be really discouraging. And that's what happened to me. So I didn't have a month of expenses saved up, but I was working on paying off the last bit of my debt. And then of course I needed four new tires on my car. So I had to go further into debt as I was like within sight of paying off my debt completely. And it was just like a real hit to the confidence. So having that month of expenses would have saved me because I could have just been like, okay, let's get the tires taken care of. And I can continue on my debt payoff strategy here and like not be totally obliterated. (laughs) And then you carry on um, completing your three to six months of emergency savings. Obviously an emergency fund of that size is thousands of dollars. And more often than not, it's tens of thousands of dollars, which, you know, rightly so can be daunting and seems impossible to tackle and get done in a timely manner. So I always tell my clients that we're playing the long game with your finances. It will most likely take a couple of years to save this amount. And that's why I opened up this episode focusing on those big benefits of having one and how it can make those really tough times in your life that much easier because staying focused on this goal is of utmost importance. I also encourage you to save for things simultaneously, things that are going to keep you happy in the long run and ultimately keep you focused on that big long-term goal of saving for your emergency fund. Because if we are feeling deprived and like we're just, you know, laser focused on an emergency fund, it's really hard to stay motivated when you're just like every penny I earn is going towards my emergency fund. If you don't get to enjoy any of your money, you know, feel free to do that method. Um, I kind of did like a version of that, um, but it doesn't really result in long-term success. So let me give you an example. Let's say you have an extra $400 a month to work with, like extra money after your bills are paid, after you've gone out to the restaurants, after you've gone to the coffee shops and spent some fun money, you've got 400 bucks a month to work with. So let's say you put $300 a month to your emergency fund and the other $100 um, you're going to put towards a camping trip for you and the family this summer. That's fantastic. That way, all of your money isn't going towards your emergency fund and you feel miserable and like you never get to do anything fun because the mental aspect of this game is really important too. Because like I said, it's really hard to be laser focused on a $20,000 amount for two years if you don't get to go camping, if you don't get to go out to coffee shops, if you don't get to do anything that you enjoy with your money, I think it's really important to factor those things in and really important for that long-term success as well. So getting this done quickly and in a way that makes you happy happens in a couple of ways. So the first is implementing a budget is the first step. The second step would be cutting costs and putting anything extra toward this goal. And I don't say cutting costs is like cut everything to the bone, but I usually find when I work with clients, like there's something that can be trimmed that when I tell people like, okay, you're spending X amount of dollars going out to restaurants. Is that an amount you feel comfortable with? Usually they're like, no, I had no idea I spent that much money. It's stuff like that where it's like unintentional overspending. It's not like bare bones. You're having 
beans and rice for dinner every night. Um, so cutting costs in that way and just being intentional about where you're spending your money and putting anything off the top toward that extra goal gets it done really quickly too. If you can sell some stuff around the house to kind of like kickstart this goal, again, it's a big amount. And if you can have like something to kick off the goal to put a solid amount of money into it, it feels really good to have like that big first step done. So if you can have like a garage sale or you can sell some stuff on Facebook marketplace or on Etsy or something like that, that would be an amazing way to just kind of like get that goal going that, which leads into my next one, which is additional income stream. So if you open an Etsy shop, if you've got like a little side hustle, that would be a great way to just put like that section of your income towards that goal. And that way, like if you have a regular nine to five, you get to spend that money however you want. And all of your side hustle extra income stream is going towards fully funding your emergency fund. That way it doesn't feel like it's taking out of your regular expenses also. If you can completely eliminate your debt, imagine how quickly you can get this done as well. So I just talked about your order of operations, one month of expenses, paying off your debt or at least your high interest debt and then saving your three to six months of expenses. If your monthly debt payments are like $400 or more, if you instead had freed up that $400 to be able to put towards your emergency fund, you can crack that baby out really quickly too. And a lot of people are spending 400 bucks a month on debt. Just think about your car payment that counts as debt. I know a lot of some people, not a lot of people, uh, don't count that in their debt, but it is a loan that you're paying interest on. So your car payment counts too. Your student loans count. Whatever you're paying towards all of those things, that monthly amount, think about how quickly you could get to this goal if you worked really hard to eliminate those things. And I'm not saying these like as being like cavalier, like, oh, just pay off your debt. I know that that's a huge, huge burden that a lot of people are carrying around. And that's one of the things that I like to focus on too is allowing people to look at the amount that they're spending on debt and see how they can utilize that money better in their lives and then working really hard to pay off that money. Again, that's sometimes a multi-year process to get these things done. So it's not just like, oh, boom, 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 check that off, check that off, check that off, we're done with this. I understand and I know because I've done it myself that it is six month, eight month, 12 month two year, three year process to get these things done. It's no small potatoes and it is going to take a lot of work and a lot of focus. That's why we talked about directing some of your money toward doing fun stuff. So it doesn't feel like you never get to enjoy your money. The next one would be earmarking regular extra money. Like if you get a tax refund every year or you get an annual work bonus and just kind of like allocating that every year to put towards your emergency fund, that'd be great. So if you get like a $2,000 bonus every year with work, just keep in your mind like, okay, that money is not going towards like buying a new TV or going on vacation. You can save for those things separately and just start sinking funds for those and just earmark that tax refund or work bonus towards your emergency fund. That'd be a great way to add a chunk of money as you go too. And those are just some easy ways to get started on your emergency fund and little tips to kind of like pump up that amount in a more substantial way and get really aggressive with it too, because nothing feels better than having six months of expenses sitting in the bank for whenever you need it. And I promise you there will come a time when you will need it in your life and you will be so thankful to yourself for putting in all of this work. Like I said, I understand that it's a lot of hard work and it's not something that's like, oh, just get this done. And it's 
not difficult. It is a very difficult thing to do, but it's worthy of doing because you can take care of your family. You can take care of yourself when things go south, with it, which they inevitably will. So I'm going to give you some action items for the week that are going to get you started on your emergency fund. And let's get into those. So the very first thing is to keep track of your expenses for a month. If you've never done this before, if you've already done this before, great. Check it off your list. If you've never kept track of your expenses for a month, this is an amazing place to start because basically the next step will be revealed to you after you do this and being really honest with yourself when you're doing this and not kind of like slimming down how much you paid and how much you spent on certain things is really important too. And you can do that in a couple of ways. You can keep track just like on your phone or um, if you have a budget planner, you can put all of your expenses in there or keep track on paper, like whatever way is most conducive to you actually doing the thing. If it's on an app, if it's on paper, if it's in a budget planner, do that and keep track of all of your expenses for the month. The next thing is to put an actual dollar amount on your three to six month emergency fund. We talked about that also. It's really hard to save for something if you don't know how much that something is. If you're like, I want to buy a car in five years. So I'm like, okay, great. Is it a brand new Range Rover or is it a used Toyota Corolla? That amount is really important too, because you got to have something to be working towards. So if once you keep track of your expenses for the month, you will know okay, what's three months of expenses? Multiply by three. What's six months of expenses? Multiply by six. Easy enough. The third item is to identify how much extra money you have to work with every month. Again, after you keep track of your expenses for a month, if it's like 2,500 bucks and you make three grand every month, you have an extra $500 every month to work with. The next item, action item for the week, number four is to work on some of those above items to get started really easily. Sell some of your stuff, cut some costs, add a couple of extra hours to a side hustle or, you know, work an extra two hours on overtime and put those two hours worth of money towards the goal. Those are just easy ways to kind of like chunk out your extra income or to chunk out how you can add extra money to that pretty quickly. Number five is to put a fixed amount to save in your monthly budget. This is really helpful and just kind of automates things and think of it as a bill that needs to get paid every single month. So in the example I just gave, if you have an extra 500 bucks to work with every month and you want to put 350 towards your emergency fund, just keep it as that fixed amount in your head of like, okay, every month I'm putting 350 of my extra four, 500 bucks towards my emergency fund and then intentionally spend the other 150 like on a camping trip or on something else that is important to you or another savings goal you can do that too, but just keep it as like a fixed amount in your mind and in your monthly budget. So it's the same amount every single month and you're knocking it out quickly. Number six is to build in those fun expenses with a portion of your extra money. I just talked, I just said, if you have 350, you're putting towards your emergency fund, you have that extra 150, put it towards a camping trip, put it towards saving for a new car or going on vacation, something like that. And number seven is just repeat, repeat, repeat just keep doing it <laughs> over and over and over and over again. It's the consistency that's going to get you to this goal. And I know it's a big one. I know it's a daunting task, but breaking it out into chunks of just like every month, save 350. That's easy. And you can see the big picture of it. You know how much you need to save for. You have resources to add money to that. You're going to put your tax refund to it. You're going to put your bonus towards it. 
you have X amount of hours extra you're going to work per week that are going to go towards it. And soon enough, it will be filling up. And every time you look at it, you're like, wow, look at all my amazing work. Look at all these extra things I did to build this up for me and for my family to take care of us in the event that something happens. Let me know what questions you have about building an emergency fund. If you don't have one, if you're starting on one, um, if you, this is the first time you're hearing about one, <laughs> that's fine too. We all have to, uh, have a starting place. So let me know what questions you have. Send me a DM on Instagram, send me an email. I'm happy to answer all of your questions and find some ways for you to get started on this goal and feel really confident about it too. Because like I've said multiple times in this episode, there's nothing like the confidence of having thousands of dollars to lean on in your bank account specifically for a bad situation. You know, it also gives you the freedom I talked about in the beginning of this episode of possibilities. So maybe one of those possibilities is you're in a horrible, horrible work environment and you can't take it any longer. How good does it feel to know that you have that in the bank that you can just be like, all right, bye, <laughs> I'm leaving. If it's like a horrible situation and you're not rushed to be like, okay, I need to find a job this week. You can say like, okay, I'm going to be intentional about spending this money. I'm going to take a month. I'm going to work on my resume. I'm going to apply to places that I'm not just like, I'm taking the first job available. You have that luxury and that time to be intentional about getting another job that you are comfortable with. That is going to benefit you and your family. That is in your realm. You're not like, okay, I got to find a coffee shop job real quick because rent's due next month. We're not living in that place anymore. You're living in the realm of possibilities and opportunity and options because that's really what money is. It's options for you to provide for your family, to provide for yourself, to take care of yourself and to live kind of in that world of abundance where you're like, I'm not scraping and scrimping by. I have options. I don't have to stay in a horrible job because my rent's coming up. I can just quit this job, take my emergency fund for a month look for a new job that's going to really benefit me. And it's not like the end of the world, right? It's not like I got to go find the next job available and say yes to it, even if I know it's not going to be a good job. I know a lot of us have been there too. So it's just the most, one of the most amazing things you can do for yourself and for your family. Okay. So some of your questions about that. Again, um, I told you guys about my new money membership coming. It's called the Opulent Society. I'm super excited to share it with you guys and can't wait to bring it to life. I'm doing the recordings and everything this week, getting it all edited and um, getting my guest experts lined up. It's going to be amazing. And I can't wait to share more details with you as it comes to life. And the last thing is I also have one-on-one -on -one budget intensive spots available. I have one for May available and one for June available Again, a great way to just work together one-on-one. -on -one. I will deep dive into your budget with you, help you build a plan to pay off your debt and to save for all the things you care about, answer all your questions. And I also help build out um, six to eight months of a budget for you. So you know exactly what you need to be focused on and working on every single month. So it's no more like, guessing and overwhelmed. We're not doing that anymore. And it's a great way to just get on your feet running with the budget uh, in a month. So there's a month of support, ask all your questions. We have sessions together where we'll go over your budget and put together a plan for everything. So it's an amazing resource for people who are just getting started. If you're overwhelmed, thinking about like, where do I even start putting together a budget? The link is in the show description, um, or you can find it on my website, uh, budget intensives. Uh, at angelahatchie.com. Okay. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining me and I will see you on the next episode.